This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, afternoon guys, we'll start with the broadcast section that's got no embargo, followed by an embargoed section for 10.30pm tonight. No live tweeting or blogging during the broadcast section, please. Phones on silent, and for those of you doing the broadcast section, if you could use the handheld mic. Gary. Hi Ange. Hi Gary. I'll get a few bits of team news. Um, There's been talk about obviously the uh, Sonny and kind of his training time and match time. What's the latest on him? Um, I guess the main one for us this week's been... um, uh, Manuel Solomon, who um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, during training, uh, you know, got a significant injury um, to his knee. So that's disappointing because he'll miss some uh, significant, significant game time, obviously, over the next few months. Um, so that was disappointing because he was, um, you know, he was contributing to us already and growing into his role. And um, you know, with Ivan Perisic already down, um, you know, kind of, yeah, that uh, it's not ideal when you lose another player. <coughs> position um, so he's obviously out um, uh, Brennan Johnson um, was close but again um, he's not quite a hundred percent and you know for us with the international break we're kind of hoping that you know he'll um, he'll get that time uh, during that to be available uh, straight after um, and from last week everyone else is okay Sonny's fine he trained last two days and he's no problem James Madison as well, similarly, you have to wrap him in cotton wool a little bit? No one's wrapped in cotton wool, mate. There's no cotton wool here. It's, um, um, it's only uh, barbed wire and uh, uncomfortable uh, <laughs> uniforms, mate. So um, they all work hard every day. They just have different programs. But Matters has trained all week. He hasn't, had, he hasn't missed a session. Um, you touched briefly on the VAR incident last week, last week, but it's been a week of developments. The audio has come out. It was obviously a, a horrendous error. Now the dust has settled a little bit. What's your what's your view on it all? Yeah, it's a, it, it's a little bit of a weird one because, like, usually when something um, major happens, you get a sense of it during the game, and I didn't. I don't think anyone did really had a sense of that something significant had happened. Um, certainly, you know, maybe I'm just focused on the game, but I didn't get that sense. I think straight after the game, um, you know mentioned to me that you know there was a, a statement coming out but even then the first sort of questioning I got wasn't really about that and then it was only when I got to the press conference and all you blokes were muttering amongst yourselves and not listening to me that I knew something important must be happening um, 
and then you, you kind of see, realise what's happened and um, obviously a you know, fairly significant event during a game of football that you kind of, and look, whatever I say is probably maybe going to be seen through the prism of we were the beneficiaries of a mistake and we certainly were that. There was, um, you know, the facts of it are there was a legitimate goal that Liverpool scored that wasn't given. Um, you kind of look at why it's not given because that's obviously the first thing you kind of question, well, what, what's broken down? Obviously something's broken down and, you know, it became pretty clear there was a, you know, it wasn't a an integrity issue. It wasn't a, you know, misappropriation of the law. It was a, it was an error, you know, in communication, a mistake, a mistake that cost Liverpool a goal, and uh, that's what it was. And um, I, I get, I get, I get that it's an unusual one in that it's never happened before. But um, at the same time, we're, we're kind of in a new space anyway with technology, where I think there'll be a lot of firsts with the way we deal with these things. As I said after the game, my view is that we want an errorless, faultless system that I just don't think exists and, and will never exist unless we want to turn our game into like other codes where, you know, the event goes for four hours where we're explaining every decision. It's a hypothetical question, mm. but uh, if you had been aware mm. of the gravity of, of the error, would you have done a, like a Bielsa maybe and given a Liverpool chance to, to score a goal? I, I, again, I, I just don't see that as, you know, if we want managers to be the arbiters of, of these kind of things, I mean, we, we've got pretty hefty responsibilities at our football clubs, but we're not the custodians. I wouldn't make a decision that, you know, potentially could send your club down or can potentially on the back of what my beliefs are. And in that moment, if somebody can tell me that they could explain everything that went on within the, the sort of prism of 30 seconds that I have to make a decision, wasn't going to happen. I mean, it's different if it's a, something clear, but th it's quite obvious that it was, a, it was a bad error, a bad mistake, like I said, through lack of communication, but it wasn't something that was easily explainable because if it was, I would assume there would have been more uproar during the game than there was. I know you don't want to... Um Talk about Fonz again, but you could go top of the league this weekend. Something to be happy about, right? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> firstly, can I say what a gentleman uh, Henry Winkler is. Uh, he sent me a message, and that's uh, truly chuffed by that because... Um, I think so, I said during the week, sometimes you get disappointed uh, when you mention your heroes. But, uh, yeah, what a, what a great gentleman. And if he does send me a poster signed, I will definitely put it on uh, on my wall, um, despite the protestations of my wife. But, uh, um, yeah, look, if we win, we go top of the table for, what, 24 hours? But who cares, mate? We've got to win. We've got to win. Uh, it's a tough game uh, tomorrow. Our focus got to be on putting on a performance and and playing at our best. Because if we don't, then it won't matter where we're sitting on 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 the competition ladder. It'll be uh, yeah, us focusing on a, on a poor performance. Smith, no more props, please. That's <laughs> been done, right? Next week, um, looking at Burnley this weekend, they obviously lost against uh, Burnley on Tuesday, Luton Town. But how resilient do you think they will be? Because they did manage to pick up four points in the last three games. Yeah, I think they will be. Um, if you look at all their games, maybe the results haven't been as positive as they would have liked, but they've all been really tight games. I mean, they haven't been blown away by anybody. And, 
you know, that kind of tells you that, you know, you know, Rob has done a fantastic job to get them promoted in the first place and, and they did that on the back of, you know, really some resilience and, and, and competitiveness that they're bringing to the Premiership. They're going to fight for everything and uh, that's what we expect tomorrow. Um, you know, we, like I said, we, we, we've got to play our football, try and sort of steer the game to, to the kind of things we, we want to um, sort of dominate in um, because if we don't, then it becomes a real difficult game for us. Because of the size and the conditions at Kenilworth Road, do you think you might have to adapt your style of play to play slightly different than usual? No, I don't think so. I think, again, for us, we're at that stage where, you know, we, we want to try and continue to grow our football, you know, the team we want to be. We, we're still sort of learning aspects of our game and the only way we'll continue to get improvement at the moment is and sort of charting <coughs> our course and our, our development is by making sure that, you know, we, we focus on ourselves and playing our football irrespective of the challenge, whether that's the opponent, the venue, whatever it is. Um, we're just at that stage where it's still about us developing our game. I know it's your first season in the Premier League, but it's also for Luton Town. How impressed have you been with their journey to make it back? And also Rob Edwards was leading them over Yeah, there. brilliant. As I said, I think, um, you know, it's been a fantastic story. I, you know, obviously followed English for, for a while, and I remember when, when Luton were amongst the big boys for a long time, and then obviously, um, you know, they, they, they fell down that, um, you know, um, pecking order of, of the football hierarchy, but to fight themselves up from where they are, it's, it's great for the town. And, and like I said, Rob's done a brilliant job. Because even last year, they had the f you know, there were some pretty big clubs that were challenging for, for promotion and, uh, you know, got them up there. And I can see that in this team again, that, um, you know, any team is going to play them, they're in for a tough game. Ali. Hi, Ali. Um, Giovanni Lo Celso, he's been named in the Argentina squad. Is he close enough now to be involved in your matchday squads or not? Yeah, uh, Gio and Brian Gill are both trained, um, you know, the majority this week. So, um, yeah, it's good to have them both back and they're both... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, I was going to ask you as well about Sonny. Obviously, you've been talking about his managing training sessions, things like that. Again, international base, but Korea have got two friendlies coming up. Is there ever a scenario, well, maybe this is one scenario, where you might have a word with Jürgen Klinsmann, having been an international boss yourself, and just ask, is there any way to manage him through that period? Oh, look, I, you know, as valuable as Sonny is for us, he's just as valuable for, for his national team, and I'm sure Jürgen will look after him, and, and Sonny looks after himself. I, it's not for me to dictate to national team managers. Like I said, I've been on the other side of the fence, and, um, you know, whenever I was national team boss, I... I took care of the players, knowing full well that 
you know, they have to go back to their clubs and, and manage whatever we could through that. And, you know, I'm confident Sonny and, and, and Jürgen um, will, will, you know, um, manage him through that process. Um, you know, it's nothing too drastic that needs to be done. And, and Sonny's the, the, the kind of, you know, the best judge of that. And like I said, he hasn't missed a game for us yet. So he's, 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 and he's, and he's contributing significantly in every game. One of the things you said after the game on Saturday, you spoke about Matty Wells and his work with Pedro Porro in the defence. Just wondering if, if you're okay about saying it, kind of a knowing a little bit more about the structure of your coaching staff and who else works with what groups of the squad? Yeah, look, we, uh, you know, I, I think I said a start, I think I've got some fantastic coaches and, and you know, when, when, when you do that it's it's about how sort of best you use your resources and they've all got different skill sets and different sort of you know areas of expertise and <coughs> and things they're passionate about Matty you know they're really passionate about the defensive side of the game and you know Ryan and and Millay work with um, you know Millay helps out with the defensive side of the game Ryan and um, you know um, sort of looks at the, the the attacking sort of side for us and then you know Chris kind of oversees the whole thing and uh Rob's the only one who looks after the goalkeepers. I wouldn't trust anyone else to do that. So, um, so yeah, so it's just a matter of them doing some specific work, so that the, you know, it's really important for us that all the lads get, you know, feedback consistently. Yeah, the feedback I give is in a collective sense, but individually, it's important that they have that time with with at least one of the coaches. And you know, for me, I just you know thought I'd. With this setup here, I haven't done it before, but I just thought it would work well. Is to have sort of almost like line coaches where they they look after a certain part of the team, and um, it's working well. Tim, uh, Ange, um, there's been a suggestion that Darren England, the VAR from last week, <coughs> won't be involved in Liverpool games for the time being, and perhaps for the rest of the season. Is that fair enough, given the emotion involved, or does that kind of set a bad precedent? I don't know, and I don't know if that's actually been decided and. I'd be surprised if they have gone that way. I mean, it's, you know, as I said, it's it's significant error, but it's a human being that's made an error. I don't think that, that there's anything that needs to go, you know, too far reaching. I guess everyone just wants to make sure, you know, what happened doesn't happen again. And when you look at, listen to the audio, I mean, and I'm no expert in these things, and that's the other thing, you know, I don't ask managers and players about the rules of the game. We don't know half of them. The referees do. You know, we shouldn't be commenting on because if a referee commented on the tactics of a game, we'd all be jumping up and down as well. At some point, we've got to respect their position. Um, and look, I'm I'm not one that hasn't complained about decisions in the past, and I probably will in the future. But in the prism of that, you know, if they're made on the back of mistakes, then mate, that's part of like I said, um, it's part of our game. It's it's you know, it's it's not supposed to be flawless. Is you know, the same way players, managers make mistakes, referees at times will make mistakes but you know from my perspective when I listened to that audio I just thought well you know saying check complete somebody obviously thought that's a good way of finalising things and it's worked up until now but you know I would have thought the logical thing was say goal for Liverpool and there isn't anything but I'm saying that with the ignorance of not knowing how it's really set up but I, I think when you listen to that you probably go there's probably better ways of communicating a clear decision in such a big situation and I'm hoping that's what they're addressing not the individual who made the mistake because I think that's a dereliction of the game that's like me hanging out a player to, to dry just because he made a mistake my role is to go in there and help that player improve not to say well you're never playing again 
Okay, and back to George for the final one in this section, please. Hi, Ange. Um, you mentioned about the injuries at the top. How much of a concern are the injuries building up, and does it highlight the fact that you've mentioned a couple of times about the need for a, you know, one or two more transfer windows before you've got that squad depth that you actually need to compete on a number of fronts? Yeah, to a certain extent, but at the same time, you know, if, if you're kind of looking at wingers, we've we've got a few, you know, so it's it's sod's law, you know, you, you kind of get hit in these areas and it's happened to me a lot in the past where you may be well, you think you're well covered and you get three injuries in the same, at the moment we've got sort of, like I said, Ivan, Mano, Brennan Johnson and Brian Gill who hasn't really trained, that's four, you know, pretty decent wingers and you're going, well, you go into a season, you go, well, I'm pretty well covered as well as... Yeah, Kulosevsky on the other side, Decky on the other side, and Sonny can play wide, Richie can play wide. So, you know, for me, that's not really a squad issue. Um, that's more just, you know, the circumstance of what we're going through at the moment. Um, but that, that's a separate sort of fact from the, that I still believe we need, you know, at least a couple of windows to get the squad to where we need it to be from, you know, if we want to not if we want to, but if our ambitions lay in, in sort of, you know, particularly playing European football, if you can imagine if we had European football these last few weeks, it would have really tested us, I think. And these injuries have given opportunities on the bench <coughs> to some of the younger players, um, Belize and Jamie Donnelly was there um, last weekend. What have you made of, of them two in training? And, and if push comes to shove, obviously you've brought Belize on last week, but you feel Jamie Donnelly could come on and, and make an impact? Yeah, look, uh, sort of separate sort of cases. I mean, with, with Alejo, um, we obviously signed him and he came in and you know, he had a little bit of an injury problem so we, we kind of took a conservative approach knowing the demands of the Premier League and our training and he's had to work hard but you know, we brought him in as a first-team squad member and, and to, to help us in that front third and he's getting fitter now and he's had a good couple of weeks of training and um, it's great to get him on and I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll kind of you know, um, keep working hard and make an impact for us and help us. Um, <coughs> with the young guys, with with guys like Jamie, um, you know, he's been doing really well. The under twenty ones have had some really, you know, consistent performances uh, in their league. Um, you know, Jamie, Elfie Dorrington have, have really, you know, stood out. We've had them training with us, but yeah, you know, at the same time, they've still got a long way to go and, and work. You know, it it doesn't mean that you know they're ahead of the pecking order with guys like say Elfie Devine, who is out on loan, or, or Dane Scarlett. You know that. For all these young guys, there's still a fair way to go, you know, and, and maybe their part of their journey next is to go out on loan and before they become. But I guess at the same time, like life, you know, um, in football opportunities come along, and if 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 they go on and they take it and they play well, well, that'll accelerate their their sort of development. But um, you know, at the moment, we, we, it's good being having them. That the, the training level doesn't drop when they're in with us, and that's the main thing. And I think both guys, um, Jamie and Elfie in particular, have come along well. And just funny from me, um, those two guys have been really good for the under twenty ones this season. And I know you've got plenty to deal with in terms of the first team, but the under twenty ones seem to be playing a similar style to what the the first team are playing. Is is that something that you've had an influence on, or is that more someone at the top of the club sort of? I get a one club mentality going through all the teams. I think it's a combination. Simon Davies is, is head of you know academy, and um, you know we we we're, speak regularly, and you know he's you know he's got a real clear idea of how sort of an academy structure should look and work, and and I think you can't be sort of as a separate entity to to the first team. I, I've never been one to say they have to play exactly the same because I just think 
what you're doing at academy level is developing players, not developing systems. And uh, you know, them playing a little bit differently is not a bad thing. But in terms of the, you know, the way we train, the intensity of our game, the tempo of our game, then there is a, a clear link there because the last thing you want is you know young players coming up to our environment and really struggling because they're doing things that they've never seen or never felt before. And um, yeah, Simon. He's the link to all that. Uh, as you said, my, my focus right at the moment is on the first term, obviously, but yeah, the more we can get that sort of aligned, um, then in these kind of situations where maybe we're, you know, we're, we're a little bit down on numbers or we get some injuries, you know, if there's a left winger in the, in the under-21s, well, there's his opportunity and that's what we've got to try and create. OK, uh, we'll move on to the embargo section for 10.30pm tonight. <coughs> no need for the microphone, Matt. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.